0: Hello and welcome to Strep for Paddock. This podcast is sponsored by Surfshark VPN. Now more than ever, our online reliance has been rapidly increasing. We stream our favorite shows, we keep in touch with our loved ones, we even watch podcasts like The Brew. And we like to think our information is safe, but as our online footprint increases, so does our need for proper security, yeah? Surfshark is a VPN service that protects your information by encrypting all the data that you send through the internet, keeping anyone unwanted from seeing it. Another great reason to use a VPN is because content from different streaming services don't want you to watch everything in every different country. It's a disgrace. There's certain shows for America, certain shows for Canada, certain shows for Mexico, Venezuela, UK, Netherlands how about you have access to all of them and get access to everything, whether that's Netflix, Amazon Prime, or even football highlights on Twitter. And with Surfshark, you can solve that problem by simply changing your location. Also, if you do go on abroad on holiday and you're in Tenerife and you're in Falaraki, you still wanna watch BBC iPlayer, don't you? You still wanna watch Premier League football, change your location back to the UK while you're gone to get access to all of your home comforts. And currently Surfshark are bringing you genuinely one of the most ridiculously good deals I've ever heard. Use the link in the description and use code paddock, as you can see on the screen there, code paddock, you will get, wait for this, 85% 85% off, which means for something like a couple of quid a month, you can be fully protected. Plus you get three months for free and Surfshark also offers a 30 day money back guarantee. So use the link in the description, promo code panic, as you can see there for, li- again, let me just listen to this, 85% off, three months for free and a 30 day money back guarantee.
1: Jay here from Shetford Paddock, this is the Paddock Podcast, and joining me is my good friend and colleague, Mr. Joe Smith. Yes. Joe. Yeah. United fans, historically, we're not exactly ardent England fans, are we? Mm. We're not. Like, I'm thinking your dartboards with your David Beckham's face on it, your effigies of David Beckham, Mm. your your death threats to Phil Neville, your vandalising... Cristiano Ronaldo's home, although some people may not be bothered about that anymore. Um, That sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Mm. Like Marcus Rashford getting abuse. Mm. It's always been a bit like United versus England almost. But England players do play for United and vice versa, obviously. Mm. And a lot of us are English. Mm. And you do want your national team to win a if World Cup. It be yeah, world it'd cup. be nice, wouldn't it? So it that. is a bit satisfying when you see England do well yeah. and the United players within the England
0: team doing well. well I think that's the From our point sure of view, anyway, it? that's the key thing in it, that England players are, uh, United players are doing well for England. And that game today was a, was a good example yeah. of that.
1: because in case you don't know, England beat Iran in the World Cup opener for England, obviously. 6-2, yep. um, Harry Maguire got an assist, yep. Luke Shaw, I think, got an assist, Marcus Rashford came on and got a goal. Yep. So it was a good set of performances by all the United trio who've all had a lot of stick over the last sort of two years or 12 months whatever it is since Euros Marcus Rashford got unsold stick for missing that penalty against Italy in the Euros final Harry Maguire has probably been the most criticised England player and possibly United player over the last 12 months mm mm-hmm. Luke Shaw, many people just sort of, you know, were giving up on him. Yeah. It looked like he wasn't even going to get in the United team at one point. Molassi would come in, we beat Liverpool, and everyone thought, well, that's that then. Molassi is going to be our new left-back. But they've all got themselves back in the England squad. Two of them starting, the one coming on a sub, all done very well today.
0: Yeah, really well. I thought Maguire uh, and Shaw in particular were, were really good. Shaw on, in the in the final third, Maguire just looked good everywhere. There was one point where, I mean, he went off with a concussion by the look of it. It was that kind of like finger in front of the face Touchy situation. Touch your nose. And just before that, he'd let his man run past him in the box. Um, and I don't, obviously, I don't know how much that affected him. Is that something he does occasionally when he's not on it, when he's not concussed. Um, but maybe we can give him a bit of leeway for that because d- there was no replay, which was odd. It, it, it seemed as though there was no obvious moment where he became concussed. And the, the the BBC 40s that we were watching didn't show an obvious moment or a replay of, of how that happened. All we saw is he's going off. Um, so I don't know what, what, what happened there. And hopefully he can be back Um, for Friday's game but uh, I thought he looked really good and I thought he just had that kind of front foot energetic performance about him that he has when he's at his best and I thought that I know it's only Iran but there's a difference between you know playing a a sort of a a relative minnow in a qualification or a friendly and and playing him at a World Cup because we know as England fans or as you know I'm sure most fans of many nations at the World Cup will know that just because a game looks easy on paper doesn't mean England win it no. So, you know, this could easily have been a sort of a 1-1 or a tricky game from the past that United that we've seen as as, as fans um, or people that prefer England to win, even if you want to call yourself an England fan. Um, and yet they made it look comfortable. And I thought Shaw was excellent. Rashford came on and scored with what his first, second, and third touches were, bringing the ball down, doing, doing a little Ronaldo chop and putting the ball in the back of the net. It's from exactly right what you want to see all. from United players. Because that's usually not his favourite
1: side. No. He ended up on the right-hand side. And, like you say, cut in and finishes with his left, which is quite rare for Marcus Rashford. Looks like he's full of confidence. Yeah. And me and you were just talking before we went live then, and you were saying that he's got that ability. Yeah. Marcus Rashford's ceiling is almost almost non existent. Mm. He's skill wise and ability wise, there's no question about that. It's just been things like at times he's finishing and his form has, has left, has deserted him. But if you can get Marcus playing as well as he can play, yeah. then he could be a real sort of asset to Gareth Southgate in this World Cup.
0: Especially if, I know. Did Sterling score today? I think he did. He did yeah, score. I know he, he did. He scored. I know Sterling scored, but I thought, he, again, he looked quite quiet. Um, Saka, I thought, looked really lively and excellent. But I think you could make the argument of taking Sterling off for Rashford in the next game if you, if, if you were that way inclined. But I just think that he, like you said, or like we were chatting about before, he's got a certain quality about him that most players don't have, where from watching him as a United fan... The games you know, against Chelsea, against City, against PSG, multiple times in big games, he is capable of winning you a game of just destroying an opposition against uh, Arsenal this season. You saw it where you like in certain moments if you can u- sort of orchestrate the right situations, he's almost unstoppable. And I, and I don't think that about Raheem Sterling. I think Sterling's great at popping up in the right areas. And I think he's made you know a, a great career for England and and he's obviously done very well for City as well. But I don't you don't. He feels like if, if the ball falls to him in the 8th to 9th minute of a semi-final for England, I feel more likely that he'll miss it or that, you, you know, you, you don't feel confident. Whereas Rashford, you can give him the ball 30 yards out and he can do what he did today against any defence. I know it was against Iran today, which is obviously not the highest level of opposition, but we've seen him do that against everyone. Against Liverpool, against uh, Chelsea, against City, against Arsenal. Like, he can do that against anyone. I think he's a great player to have in the squad because we don't have many of those players that are ruthless and are brilliant in big games. And I think Rashford's one of the few that England have got.
1: It's a lot of nerve-settling today, isn't it? Yeah. It's just that thing of getting that win under your belt, because it could have been a bit of a banana skin. Yeah. But also for these lads, you've been had a bit of stick. You know, Some people questioning whether Marcus should even be in a squad. Others certainly questioning whether Maguire should be starting. Yeah. Luke Shaw, I don't think he's had as much criticism because Chilwell got that injury. I think that sort of ended that little bit of a debate, yeah. didn't it? It was like, well, it was going to be one of them soon. and was not always played for Chelsea before the injury this season anyway and I think Luke Shaw probably had enough in the bank from what he did at the Euros and also when he's come back into the United team this season but there's question marks about them and obviously just settling in some nerves as well and getting that win getting a decent performance and a result under your belt obviously you know the next game is going to be tougher you said there about maybe Southgate's going to swap it around I'll be honest I don't think he will no. Attack-wise, I think Marcus is going to stay on the bench, but certainly he's going to be an option. But I certainly don't see Maguire or Shaw getting dropped.
0: He's always been on the bench for England, though, Rashford.
1: No, he has, you're right.
0: He's never been like a starting player in, in, in a tournament, ever. No. Was well, he 24 years old? and he's 25, he's yeah. 25, and he's... Oh, yeah, just turned 25, isn't it? And he's And he's been a United first-team regular since he was 18. So that's seven years, which is what? To like four. Well, if you tournaments, look at it, there's, five there's, been, there's
1: been almost like mitigating circumstances for everyone. 2016, Hodgson I think gave him four minutes against Iceland, and yeah. everyone's going mad because yeah. he was on fire. He burst on the scene. He scored all these goals. And if you watch the Iceland game, where we we're chasing the game, Rashford comes on, and Rashford looks lively straight away. Yeah, but he's like, you get given four minutes, why? do you know yeah. what I mean it's ridiculous 2018 going into that World Cup there was a big debate on whether it should have been Raheem Sterling or Marcus Rashford yeah. most people thought it should have been Rashford starting because Raheem Sterling I think had gone like a year without a goal for England yeah. and Rashford scored I think a game, was it against Costa Rica or whatever yeah or like,
0: one of the uh, f- friendlies you'd yeah he yeah. looked
1: like he was in good bit of form um, Southgate went with Sterling Rashford got a chance in I think in the dead rubber in the group didn't really do much, but came on against Colombia and scored his penalty, yeah. so, you know, considering yeah, can't he, with that. you can't argue with that. Um, obviously, we know what happened in the Euros. Wasn't fit. Probably shouldn't have gone. Was waiting for this operation, and yeah. then, you know, the rest is history. And then now you've got this tournament. So he's been a little bit unlucky. I mean, the, re- the main reason he's not started is because Sterling's in front of him. And Southgate, in particular, has preferred Sterling yeah. for the 2018 World Cup and for the Euros, and now for this World Cup as well. But if, if Rashford keeps doing what he's doing, I mean, you know, you you could, if England gets through its late stages, it could be an injury, or you could look at and, and Gareth Southgate could go, you know what, for this game, I think Rashford's the one I need to mm-hmm. start. So he's just got to keep doing what he's doing. I mean, the main thing, and I think this will go for, for everyone, who's the United fan and England fan, is you just want them to get a bit of confidence, not pick up any injuries and come Injury's back, big you know, with the tails up. Because yeah. the, the the sort of weird thing was, we were talking about in the watch along we did, Luke Shaw couldn't have had a better tournament for England. No. Like Harry Maguire couldn't. No. They both had amazing tournaments. Harry Maguire was in the team of the tournament. He was starred a match uh, against Germany. He scored his penalty, and, you know, scored a penalty, but he scored his penalty in the final. It's probably the best penalty. He absolutely smashed it into the camera. Came back and was abysmal for yeah. Manchester United. Truly awful. Luke Shaw scored in the final, was being, you know, Shaw Berto Carlos and was, you know, the nation's sweetheart almost, yeah. and was genuinely terrible as well. Marcus Rashford, who, okay, didn't have a great tournament, did get some stick, had his operation, came back, scored a few goals in the first month and then fell off a cliff form mm. miles. And it was like, what is going on with these guys? They've all been mint for England or, you know, two of them have. The other one, we know what he's capable of. Yet the form just deserted him. It was really weird. And then now, whether you put it down to Ten Hag, whether you put it down to Ralph Ragnick not being around, whether you put it down to just, you know, getting fully fit, whatever. They've all been playing well for, for Manchester United. I know Maglars had his, his, had a bit of stick And he's had to sort of adapt to being, you know, third or fourth choice. Yeah. But they've, you know, especially Shaw and Rashford recently been playing very well. Now they're playing well for England. You just want to see them come back from the the World Cup and carry that on. And hopefully, because this tournament is in the middle of a season, Mm -hmm. it'll be easier for them to do that.
0: I think. I think it will. I think that is massive. That tournament being in the middle of the season thing, because it means that they've not had to have this like sort of rebuild camp. Like off the time they start in the middle of June, don't they, and end in the middle of July. That's the usual run. So for most players, if you're not playing the Champions League or Europa League final, your season ends at the middle to end of May, and then you've basically got a month of fitness training, a bit of a rest, a bit of a holiday, then you're off to the World Cup and you've got to kind of pick your fitness back up again because it's dipped after the end of the season, whereas this, they're all going into it flying. There's no need for that dip or, you know, rebuild training. There's no need for a preseason. It's literally just keep going as you were, like the regular season continued. So hopefully once they come back, there again won't be this like weird dip of like, do we have a rest now or do we like rebuild for preseason. They haven't missed a preseason. They haven't got this weird sort of rest and regain to, to sort of figure out. They're just going straight through to the end of the season. You can have a full rest throughout the summer because there's no tournaments. I think hopefully players should be able to hit the ground running once they come back from the tournament. Um, Before we carry on, this show is also sponsored by Manscaped. Um, and Manscaped are, well, what are they, Jay? They're the best below the waist grooming yeah. I've ever experienced. Easily, easily they are. And we know, listen,
1: The holiday season, or this holiday season, I'll be giving thanks to our friends over at Manscaped Trainmarts, and the return of football's biggest stage. My pride for doing my squad and my country have never been stronger since Manscaped's upgraded my grooming game Mm. with the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. So you can avoid a Marrowman Fellaini Bush in your midfield. Yeah? Yeah. And to clean up your midsection with Manscaped. Yes. Uh, Proud sponsors of the Paddock podcast. Join over 7 million men worldwide. 7 million, which I think is... It feels like that's all the men in the world. the men, yeah. Uh, You trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer by going to Mm manscaped.com and using the code DEVILS28 for for free shipping and 20% off. Because we've all been there, haven't we? Yeah. With, you know... When you're trying to shave your never regions, mm-hmm. you've got no lights, you're having to use a candle. Do you know what I mean? You've got, you've got no electric, yeah. so you're having to use you're a stand You're having to knife. use an
0: electron microscope to yeah. get sort of a, a, a 3D black and white gradient picture of your own genitals. Exactly. I don't want
1: that. No, and thank, thankfully, with Manscaped, you don't have to have any of that. No. Because you've got the performance package 4.0. So you've got the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. You've got the weed whacker. Here, ear, nose. Hair trimmer, right? Men of my age need a bit of that. You've got the uh, crop preserver ball uh, deodorant. You've got the crop reviver toner. You've got the performance boxer briefs with the anti-chafing technology. Everything you could
0: ever possibly need. You've
1: got a travel bag to hold your goodies. That look after your goodies. Yeah. You've got all that, and it says here, their lawnmower 4.0. Right, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna take offence at this. Is the Virgil Van Dyke of dong defense this tournament?
0: What, not, put, not trying as hard as it used to because he's trying to no, no, not yeah. get injured before the World Cup? No. How about we have the Rio Ferdinand? Yeah, this Dong is Defense. the
1: Rio or the Yap Stam, yeah, yeah, of this
0: um, tournament. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code DEVILS20 at manscaped.com. That is 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com using the code DEVILS20. Be thankful for the best gift of all from Manscaped. Hit the target and make sure your D is is up to scratch this football-filled holiday season. Your balls will thank you. They will indeed. Big Link thank to you to Manscaped as well. well for
1: sponsoring this pod- podcast, even this podcast, this podcast, and this podcast. Um, we've got, what is it now
0: for England? Three days, is it? Four days? Yeah, so next Tuesday, game. Wednesday, Thursday, and then we play on Friday, so...
1: In yeah, some days. ways, this is what worries me a little bit now. Because You've got this bit of a gap, and you've got all this euphoria, big win everyone's happy, everyone's buzzing, all's rosy. Yeah. And it's like, that's sometimes where you can get a little bit complacent, where you can think, oh, you know, we've we've, we've cracked it and all the rest of it. Because the, it wasn't perfect, was it? 6-2 no. win is good. But you mentioned there, the little issue there where the kid nipped him behind Andy Maguire. Yeah. Now, was he concussed then I'm at that time? i
0: concussion for that. I
1: don't know. Um, yeah. you, you're blaming the concussion. Uh, okay. Um, difficult to, to, to argue too much. Marcus was lively, took his goal well. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a couple of t- sort of moments where he had a lot of the ball, didn't he, when he came on Marcus, where yeah. he could have played someone in, but you could see he was going for a goal, which I'm not going to be too harsh on him about. But my, my point is that you just want to see these players keeping their heads down, getting on with it, and then yeah. when the next game comes up, it's against USA the next one on Friday, yeah. that we, we take what we've seen today into that game. There's no sort of, oh, well, we're on the way, you know what I mean? We can take our foot off the pedal because this England team, can Come unstopped when it does that, can't I? Mm. I mean, you saw it in the Euro, uh, the the what was it called? The fucking I forgot what it's called already, it. Nations League, Nations League. Thank you, know where it's going with Euro. Uh, the Nations League was a bit of a disaster on it, yeah. And I think a lot of that was, or an element of it was just turn up and win, or you know, it don't really matter, sort okay. of thing, yeah. And I think thing, you've got to get out your head.
0: The thing you've got to say about this England team and I've, I've, we've never been able to say this before, certainly not since 1960, or, well, it would take to 1966 where you can look back and say, we've done well on consistent tournaments, um, is they tend to do well in big games. They tend to turn it on a little bit in, in big games. I know that we've not beaten that many top teams. Germany's probably the biggest team we've beaten, but, you know, get into a semi-final and a final back-to-back. That's not easy to do that. No. And I think that, you know, at some point we've put too much emphasis on the Nations League and people want to hate Gareth Southgate and I've said this a few times and he's not this playing the sort of football that I would want to watch week in, week out for Man United by any means. He's been, he has been, was linked with the United job. He's the last man I would want to manage in Man United because his football is shit and I don't think he's that good a manager. But he's, you can't argue that he's been very good for England. He has been. He's been – or is it now he's got the most uh, wins in, in – uh, Championship games for for England of any manager. Obviously Euros and, and the World Cup. Um, he's got to back to back semi finals and one of them being a final. I don't think any manager's done that since Alf Ramsey. when did he get to semi final in 1970? Or, or no, no, in, in, in 19- 1962. Sorry.
1: Um, no, 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 no. He got to the. I think it was the World Cup. For obviously won the World Cup yeah. in '66. I think. Um, by all means, getting round. I think we got to the Euros semis in '68. Oh, I yeah. think, but it was like I think in those days there was only like eight teams in it. Yeah. And if you won one game, you're in the semis. Yeah, whatever. it's basically like the
0: Six Nations in rugby. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, but so either way, yeah. you can either say he's the most successful in terms of consistency or second most. You obviously didn't win it, so let's say second most. But yeah. we we all know as England fans that you don't get to say that very often. But this team is one that is good in tournaments. It is a good tournament team, uh, and I think that. That's gonna be a good thing for these United players. Do, do, do you know what as well? Like it's every as an England manager, you get
1: second guess constantly. Yeah. Everyone's got an opinion. You've got like hundred sort of diff well, let's face facts, you've got about you've got fans of about ten different clubs who all think their man should be in it. Because yeah. there's only about ten clubs in there where really have got England players who you think should be in there. So you're yeah. getting all these different fans, you get Pundit's got an opinion. All ex-players have got an opinion. Everyone's got an opinion on the England squad and who should Mm. be in and who shouldn't. You've got this balancing act of, okay, who's playing well for the club? Who's in form? Who's done well for me in the past? Who's the, you know, someone I can rely on even if the club form isn't great? And I think Gareth Southgate at times has got that balance kind of just spot on because, you know, we were talking before and it's like people going, why is Harry Maguire in the team? I've been saying this for the last few months. Harry Maguire's in that team, right? And I expected him to start in the World Cup no matter what happened at United because he's one of, Gareth Southgate's key players he's someone who's been in Gareth Southgate's team since Gareth Southgate came in, came in and he's done well for him in tournaments he's got to a final and a semi and he's been in all everything he's played every game in the oh no sorry he missed the first couple in the Euros yeah. but then he came in and was good enough to get the team in the tournament in the team in the tournament so he's one of the guys he turns to John Stones is one of the guys he turns to yeah. Um, Mason Mount is someone he turns to. You could argue, you know, for whatever reason. Raheem Sterling definitely is. Yeah. Jordan Pickford definitely is. He has but those players.
0: you a little bit? Not in terms of the man, yeah. obviously, or the, the calibre of player, but that he's got this, like, record of, like, nearlies, consistent nearlies. like Solskjaer did, finished third, got to some semifinals, Semis, yeah. finished second, got yeah. to a final, and then the expectation is to win something. And now he's almost, like, sticking to his... Is dogs which happened to be sure Maguire, uh, Stones, Sterling, uh, a couple of those who were similar he's, to Zoltsars, and and it seems to not be quite where it was before.
1: He has evolved a little bit, I think, because you look at that 2018 team. Yeah, a lot of those players you'd have thought Jesse Lingard, for example, Deli Alley. Yeah. they're young enough to Dele be back in, in particular. They're b- back in this team, and you, you know, but both of them, the f- form's fallen off a cliff, hasn't yeah. it? Really, they're just no longer remotely in, in the conversation to be an England squad. Um, so he has made decisions where he's gone, right, you know, you'll do for me for now and then further down the line he's gone now this. And I think Lingard did well for him under the under 21s as well. Yeah. I think Lingard actually scored was it the goal against Ukraine or whatever it was, where that more or less kept Southgate in a job for yeah. the under twenty ones. So he's obviously got an affiliation with him. Um but he's he's been, you know, willing to to get rid of some players mm. and bring in others, bring in some of the younger lot where you look at the likes to say, I know he didn't start today, but Phil Foden, yep. Kyle Saka, obviously, has become now a mainstay. I think he's elevated to that point of, I fully expected Saka to start. And and in many ways, I think it's, maybe it's a positive thing. You can almost pick the England team now. You almost know what it's going to be.
0: Because
1: yeah. today, I think everyone was was expecting that team to start. Maybe when it's a tougher calibre of opposition, mm-hmm. he will sacrifice someone like a Mason Mount for a more defensive-minded midfielder. Perhaps. But, it's almost you almost feel like you can predict Southgate's team. Yeah. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. You're not when you get getting results like today, anyway. Can we uh,
0: before we, we'll get to
1: Wally the week? Yeah, in a but before Sorry, we do. Ca- uh, so we well, we've got that. some
0: comments in a second, but I just want to bring this up about obviously Man United. Um, this is from uh, last night in the in the Telegraph from James Ducker. Uh, Manchester United sponsor under pressure to pull the plug on two hundred and thirty-five pound million deal. TeamViewer has already told Man United that they want to revise their £47 million a year agreement after backlash from investors. Have you seen much about this? Yeah, I had it in my news this morning
1: and I think uh, I think Macra had it for his, um, he mentioned it on Gazetta, I think so, mm. uh, but I certainly had it this morning. Yeah, I think there's, a, there's a, while well, you say one of the investors in Team have, have yeah. gone through the books and gone, why are we spending 275 million quid or whatever well, can I, uh, on this?
0: Can I give you a quote basically waste telegram. of money? Yeah, yeah, please do. So they said the German technology company has already told United they want to revise their 47 million pound a year agreement after a backlash from investors who have described the deal as a sign of hubris and appalling judgment. That's like some biblical level. Um, upset that in it when you start question like putting hubris and stuff in there.
1: That's not just like we don't want to work you anymore. That's like you missus finishing with you and just going. You just you smell funny. You're ugly. Shit. You're shit in bed. You Family just hate you, you know you just you proper me. Yeah, you're just a complete.
0: Dickhead. Complete twat. Yeah. Like no, there's, that is a proper stick-the-knife, isn't it? Yeah? yeah. They've said that they're going to uh, review their long-term marketing strategy in light of the current macroeconomic environment. In addition, the company has already communicated its desire to explore opportunities to amend the existing contract. Literally coming out trying to give us less money because they fucked up, basically.
1: Yeah, it does sound... It sounds a bit like... You remember when like Arsenal signed that, Nicolas Pepe?
0: Yeah.
1: And they were like, well, how's this happened? Oh, we, don't, we need to review our entire transfer strategy, and unfortunately, they, they did and seems to improve it. Um, yeah, it does feel a bit like that. But I mean, I don't know what this in this contract. I don't know if it's ironclad. I don't know if there is a loophole in there where they can go. Actually, you know, we, you know, if you look at this, you promised us this and you haven't delivered or whatever. But it does feel like this. Uh, this is going to be difficult for them to get out of. But the the one like, if we were to say, what's the best possible outcome of this? Mm. It's that it's an indication that the Glazers can't make as much money out of United as they used to be able to. And that possibly, and I use the word possibly in like capitals, could make them think about selling a bit more. Yeah. So I think with things like sponsorship and money that's not coming in as much as it used to, stuff like that, when you couple that with the outrage, the protests, everything else that goes on, Mm. you just want to create this sort of environment, don't you, where the Glazers are looking that maybe if we did sell to someone, we would make more money. And I think when you look at the fact that Scousers are up for sale for big money, Chelsea went for big money, there might be a situation where the Glazers go, actually, if we sell now, we will make more money than if we kept holding United and tried to bleed it dry for the next ten years or whatever, which is basically what they've been doing since twenty, uh, sorry, since two
0: thousand and five. Yeah, interesting. I want to keep an eye on that because obviously, if United lose some money on the uh, sponsorship, then we may have to sort of look at other things in terms of transfers and all that. Um, who's your wally of the week? Uh, my wally of the week um,
1: today. Um, do you know what, right? I know there's a lot of euphoria and happiness and goodwill towards the England team. I'm not necessarily blaming them, but I think there is a little bit of culpability there from from some of them, especially Harry Kane. I just think the FA with this whole rainbow... Yeah, mine, that, mine's thing, the same, by the way. I think it's a tapping in it? Like, yeah. I, I felt it was quite performative anyway when they announced it. I thought, well, you know, we've got to play in a World Cup and we don't agree with Qatar's, uh, you know, views on uh, the LGBTQ community, but, you know, we're, we're going to wear this armband. Mm. I thought, well, that's almost nothing. It's almost meaningless. Yeah, well, you know, that's like the that's the, the bare minimum, almost the minimum you can do. Yeah. And they've actually gone, no, it's not. This is the minimum we can do. We're not even going to do that because FIFA told us if we do, we're going to get a booking. And, you know, listen, I'm not saying anyone should, you know, want to get a booking in a World Cup, especially if it puts one of your positions in uh, in future rounds at jeopardy, but I think they could have took that on the chin. But the Honestly. Thing, the
0: thing I don't understand with that is... Take the fucking booking. T- if it is as simple as you get a book for wearing it, take the booking. Yeah. Obviously. And also, this whole thing of like, well, you know, we're quite happy to sort of, maybe they wouldn't call it a protest. I'm sure the FA wouldn't call it that, but either protest or make our feelings heard on this thing, as long as it doesn't inconvenience us at all. Yeah, just
1: waste a bit of a sub on it if you need to. Yeah. Like, just say, all right, tell you what, someone's going to wear the armband,
0: take a book in, and get subbed. Yeah. And also, the thing, but the thing I don't get is, is like, let's say, for instance, you can get booked for taking your shirt off in a game, can't you? But then if you refuse to put it back on, do you still just get left with one booking? Because like, how can you get booked for wearing an armband, but then still wear it? Like, surely with just yeah. one booking, but you get to keep it on. Like, I don't understand how that could work. Either what's the booking for showing up in it, or is the booking for wearing it once, but then surely you can't it's, keep it, it, wearing it, it, something that is, a, is an offensive, like it's deemed to be a footballing offence. It is nonsensical. It like, if you I wear mean, an earring, you get forced to take it out. Look at Marcus's arms, there. He could have anything
1: tattooed on his arms. Yeah. Are they going to make him cover him up? No. Like you can have tattoos on your arm. He could have had, you know. Yeah. I'm not saying. I'm not saying he should have done. this, not blaming him. But you know, like he could have had the the rainbow flag on his arm as a yeah. tattoo. Are they going to cut his arm off? Yeah. No. It's just nonsense. And I think it's a bit spineless that the FA have made all this song and dance. You've had all these interviews going. Harry Kane said, I'm going to wear this armband and, you know, we can stand up for... We're all about inclusivity and diversity. Yeah. And we don't, you know, whilst we respect the beliefs of this country, host nation, we don't believe that the, the, the LBT, uh, Q community, LGBTQ community sorry, should be being treated like this. So we're going to take a stand. And yeah. if, you go, if you do, you're going to get a button and go, we'll, we'll not do that.
0: Yeah, I love that. We're, uh, you know, we're all what, for what, the LGBT community. But, as long as it doesn't inconvenience don't us, don't us at all. Give me this...
1: Nonsense about, well, sport and politics shouldn't mix. Politics got nothing to do with it. Politics is the reason it's in Qatar. Politics got reasons to do with everything. Do you know what I mean? Don't tell me that sport and politics shouldn't or don't mix. They mix constantly. They've always mixed. Do you know what I mean? Do you think Muhammad Ali wasn't a political figure? Come on, he's the greatest sportsman ever, in my opinion, not just because of what he did on the football pitch. Eric Cannon has taken a stand. Did anyone moan about that when he said, I'm not going? He shouldn't be there. It's a load of nonsense. No, we were all like, yeah, fair play to you. People digging out Gary Neville for taking BN's money and not saying anything about it. So come on, man, you can't have it both ways. And I just feel like there's an opportunity here for the FA to really sort of take a, an actual stand. Because if you protest anything, right, the whole thing about a protest is it causes some level mm-hmm. of sacrifice and inconvenience. That yeah. is what a protest is, yeah. either to yourself or the people you protested against, or both. It's yeah. like when you're going to strike. It's, you know, you might yeah. be losing money or someone might be losing a service. you might get sacked. You might get sacked. There's always an element of sacrifice, risk, and inconvenience. If you do something that doesn't have any inconvenience to anyone, that's not a protest. If you're saying, well, actually, I'm going to protest against this World Cup or against the treatment of these people. As
0: long as that's all right with you. Yeah,
1: as long as you don't mind and I do it in a way that suits you. Is that okay? That's not a protest. That is literally nothing. No. So fair enough if you don't want a protest. If you're going to go, look... Whilst we don't agree with it, we're in their country, we're playing in this World Cup, we're not going to make any stand, we're not going to say anything or do anything about it. We just, you know, sort of play begrudgingly or whatever. Fine, but don't come out of all this big song and dance and then go. Actually, no, we're not going to do it because we might get in trouble. Yeah, might get someone a might in. tell us off for it. Yeah, well, yeah, that exactly. Is just don't, pretend, don't pretend that you're
0: there to make a stand yeah. and to make a point when you're clearly not. No, so I, yeah, I agree. And,
1: and you know, just one final thing. I'm not blaming all the England players for not, you know coming out and doing loads of different things. I just think if you are going to make a statement like Harry Kane did and the FA did, then stand by it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, right, good stuff there, Jay. Um, if you haven't checked out already, make sure you check out our first ever, first ever live show. All of us in person in Dublin on the 30th of December. Um, we will be there. Me, Jay, Stephen Howson and Adam McCullough with special guest Brian McClare all there to do a live show podcast like i said on the 30th of december the tickets for that are in the comments make sure you check that out if you want to come along great for christmas presents as well if you live in ireland if you know someone that lives in ireland come down and check us out we'll be meeting people chatting having a great laugh as well hearing great stories uh, from the fergie days and all sorts from brian mcclare as well i'm sure plenty more from Steve and adam as well so make sure you check that out if you haven't already Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Joe, always a pleasure. Where can people find you? Sloppy Joe's podcast on YouTube. New episode coming out tomorrow morning. So click subscribe. We're nearly 5,000 subscribers. So see if you can get us over the line tonight. Go on. Go
1: and click subscribe. Uh, Big thanks to our sponsors as well. Make sure you check out them. There's links in the description as well. That's me, Joe Smith. I've been Jay Motte. This has been the Paddock Podcast. Thanks for watching.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.